2: From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is real ghost stories Online, the podcast, the phone number 855-853-4802. Of course, you can always write into us on our website, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. We'd love to hear your real ghost stories. Be sure to press subscribe, whatever platform it is you're listening to us on, so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you are not an EPP yet, Lots of benefits there, including a bonus episode every single week. We send it out to you guys as a thank you for helping support our show. And uh, you also get that. You get the knowledge of knowing that you are keeping this show alive. It's uh, five bucks a month. And you get the bonus episodes. We're going to have all sorts of other uh, great extras exclusively for our EPPs. You can become an EPP by going to the website and clicking on realghoststoriesonline.com and uh, clicking on the uh, EPP section or become an EPP. Jenny Bruschi in here with us this evening. Hello, all. They missed you because you were not on the air with us the uh, last couple of uh, evenings.
3: I know. I'm sorry about that.
2: So um, if you'd like to, uh, I'm just going to turn the music off and... You guys can have a moment, and uh, you can apologize.
3: Okay, I think I'm. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> now Jenny is busy, uh, you know, working on that whole education thing. Yep. So, uh, so that does take her away from the show sometimes, but it's always it's it's a better show when you're in here. Thank I, you. I really enjoy having you I you appreciate in here. That than the next well, event.
3: I'm gonna try and get my schedule t- so that uh, we don't have that problem anymore next semester.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, as as often as we can, obviously we want you in here. But I, just, I want I just wanted to bring it up so people know you're not like leaving the show or abandoning the show it's the furthest thing from that oh my
3: gosh no in fact i'm trying to do this to help the show exactly and uh it drives me insane sitting in class looking at my watch thinking oh i know they're talking about (laughs) stories right now (laughs) they're probably doing follow-up yeah
2: yeah. it's hard but uh you're in here tonight so let's get on with our our show this evening and uh i wanted to uh first off uh This is is a little bit of follow-up from some, I I Facebooked this the other night, um, and and I think I might have tweeted it out too, uh, where I mentioned that we were on a, we went on a ghost tour uh, in West Bend, Wisconsin, visiting uh, my homeland up there, and uh, the gentleman uh, who we've had on our show before, who uh, is with the uh, West Bend... It's
3: the Washington County Paranormal Society.
2: Washington County Paranormal Society. Um and is also the author of Goatman.
3: Yes. Jay Nathan uh, Couch. J
2: Nathan Couch. Uh he hosts this this paranormal walk. And and the Goatman book, I believe, is coming out in the next couple of months, I think. Yes. But you can listen to that Goatman interview. It's like, I don't know, eighty episodes back or something like that. But really good guy, really into the paranormal, knows his stuff on Washington County probably better than than anyone. Um and he hosts these ghost walks around uh, the the town of West Bend, Wisconsin. And for those of you who are not from the area, it's about 30 minutes north of Milwaukee or, yeah. or so. Um, and just a really beautiful little coin town, about 40,000, 50,000 people. Um, and just really historic buildings and just a, a nice... Nice uh, northern town, if it's you will. It's
3: a classic little town. Yeah,
2: it's it's a beautiful place. And uh, since we happened to have been uh, up there for uh, for a funeral, um, uh, for a friend of mine, and that was done earlier in the day, we saw, well, he's doing that ghost walk tonight. Let's go see uh, what's going on there. So we went down there, got a chance to uh, to go on the ghost walk. And, and while we were waiting for, for Nathan to, to come over and, and lead us on the ghost walk, we were Standing there in the dark, looking at... It was the former courthouse?
3: Yeah. Well... Yeah, it's the former courthouse, and then the okay. um, former jail and sheriff's sheriff's residence okay. is next door. Yeah. So one was built in 1886, and then one was built in 1889.
2: Mm-hmm. And this was not really supposed to be any sort of investigational walk. This no. is more of a tour. They're going to tell you the history. It's like a big history lesson.
3: And we didn't even go in the buildings. No. It was just an. It was a beautiful night, and mm-hmm. there was a storm off in the distance with lightning and everything. It was perfect for going and doing this. You know. Mm -hmm. Go see these buildings that are haunted and hear their story. So that's what we did.
2: And we were standing there looking up at the steeple of this old uh, gothic looking courthouse and just a beautiful building. And I was looking up there. You were looking up there. My parents were with us. They were looking up there. And I noticed in one of the windows I couldn't tell if it was a reflection or something, but this is like way up there on the steeple yeah. where it'd be very difficult to get to. And who's going to be there on like a, a Saturday night at, you know, nine to 10 o'clock at sure. night and the rest of the building lights are out. And it wasn't that there was a light on, but I, it just, it didn't look right in one of the windows. So as I walked around, I noticed that it it looked like it kind of moved a little bit and I thought, okay, well maybe it's just because I'm moving that this, white image type reflective thing in this window is moving. But then I stopped and I said, okay, let's, if I just don't move myself, let's see if this thing moves. Yeah. And I stood there right next to you and I, I jokingly said, are you looking at something up there? And what was your reaction?
3: Uh, yeah, I think so.
2: And I looked up there and we, I think I said it, the window is the upper.
3: It was when you're looking at it, it's the upper right hand window right below the roof line yeah and there's a balcony there
2: so i'm looking up there at it not moving at this point because i'm trying to examine what it is i'm seeing and i see it move yeah and and i just say oh my god it just moved and you knew exactly what i was talking about it was before we had even pinpointed it down together and it moved it looked as if an arm was brought down, I would say.
3: It looked like it was standing, kind of leaned up with its arm up by its head, mm-hmm. looking out the window, and then it moved the arm down.
2: And then it kind of faded in and out.
3: It did. It got brighter and it got darker. And there's no wind. There was no lights moving. The lights that were aimed up mm-hmm. would have cast a shadow there. I mean, we were looking at this thing. We're like, okay, we have to debunk our own yeah. thing. And so I got my phone and I thought, we'll try and take a picture of it. So I got a picture of it and you got a yeah. picture of it. And so even in reviewing the pictures, there's, we can't come up with why that would be there. And to validate the story, to tell you that we saw it move, we saw it fade in and out from lighter to dark. Because mm-hmm. the picture shows what looks like a silhouette of a white figure there and um anyway that is what we saw
2: yeah it was very very bizarre i think this is the first apparition i've ever seen
3: and your parents were with us and your mom saw it too and yeah. she saw it move and she saw it fade in and out
2: yeah and then you uh went back there a little bit later when when jay nathan got there
3: yeah cuz his wife actually works there in that yeah. building and she said that that tower has been locked for years Mm -hmm. that nobody can go up there so she wanted she was kind of I think a little freaked out and and I don't think I would have told her had I known she worked there because I didn't want to creep her out (laughs) sure anyway it came out before she told us she worked there so I took her back and showed her exactly where we were standing and we looked up and there was nothing there and the situation I mean the the Not the situation, but the... uh, The
2: lighting hadn't changed. It was still dark. There was nothing. had
3: changed. And so...
2: If it had been a reflection or a shadow, it it would have have still still been there.
3: Yes, it would have still been
2: there. And it was not there anymore. And, And he had then informed us that the building is supposedly quite haunted. And there's a lot of things that have been seen, apparitions that have been seen, lights that go on and off. Um, there was a story, although its I, don't, I believe it was unverified, of someone who hung themselves from that balcony. Yes. Um, but the building itself does have a lot of paranormal attached to it.
3: And our seeing this and taking the pictures happened before we even met him in person there Um, we ended up just the six of us you know you me your parents and then him and his wife Mm -hmm. were the only six on the tour that night so we didn't know any of the stories or anything so we didn't even know to look up we were just looking up because it was lit, and it was really pretty. Yeah,
2: we didn't even know if that building was particularly a specific building on the tour until he got there. Uh, We just were looking around at the buildings uh, because they were really magnificent. Uh, But yeah, very interesting. I did post the photo on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com in our photo section, um, and you can see it for yourself. And when you're looking at this gothic-looking Steeple. It's the upper right window, and you can faintly see a. It looks like a head and a body silhouette, if you will, in the in the the window there. Um, it, it, it was quite a ways up, so it, it's you know it's not you know super close where we can see any facial features or anything like that. But right. but we see uh, what appears to be a silhouette of an individual in that window, and we saw it move. Um, so very haunting, very bizarre. One other thing that I saw at that building, at least I think I saw when we were at that building, um, when he began speaking at the, the, uh, the stairs leading up to the main entrance to it, um, I was watching him speak and I could have sworn. I saw what looked like a shadow or something, or all I can say is like a shadowy mist Behind the front doors, the two wooden doors just go from one side to the other very quickly, just back and forth. Yeah. And it was gone like that. It wasn't like this image that, I mean, this thing lingered in that window for five, ten minutes.
3: I think he was looking at us as much as we were looking at him. Yeah.
2: It was not like a quick, oh, my God, it's there and it's gone. It was there and it didn't go away. That's what was most puzzling because I thought it was... Reflection because it wasn't going away, sure. but then it was moving on its own. Yeah, that's what made me think otherwise. But the, the other thing I saw downstairs, it was bam, bam, gone. So,
3: so the so. moral of the story for everybody is Tony's no longer a ghost virgin.
2: <laughs> I guess not. No. Nope. I uh, I guess I can say I saw uh, an entity with my own two eyes. Now you so. got your
3: paranormal cherry popped.
2: Uh, I did, and there you uh, go. then I had a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> 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 but uh, it was it was a really interesting ghost walk If you're ever in the West Bend uh, area of Wisconsin uh, Look up uh, Washington County Paranormal and his ghost walks uh, It's really relaxing, fun You could take your kids on it It's not too spooky It's just a fun, interesting history lesson well, If you're listening to the show Yeah,
3: what I loved most about it Is that he told you the history He told you the the legends He told you what he had researched And found out was actually true So he gave you all the whole bag of information
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the way he did it he he just did a stellar job yeah. so i would highly recommend it for anybody in the area it's a fun fun thing to do yeah,
2: it was a good uh, good tour so anyhow, pictures up on the website real ghost stories let's go to a caller at 855-853-4802 hi you're on the air Hi, Tony
4: and Jenny. This is uh, Travis from uh, Kansas City. Um, I just wanted to call in and tell a quick story. I've been uh, fairly active on the forum and stuff, and I absolutely love it. It's a great community out there. and I uh, really appreciate what both of you guys have started and um, creating an atmosphere that we can uh, open up and tell things that, uh, a paranormal activity that others might not quite uh, want to hear or accept or listen to. So anyway, um, I actually currently work in a hospital here in Kansas City that um, I work in the sterile processing department in which uh, many, uh, my co-workers and I have had uh, many experiences with but uh some call it you know with shadow people and um even uh one of my coworkers uh saw a full uh figured apparition walk from uh our boss's office. He actually followed it all the way from my boss's office out the door and then uh disappeared but um the story I wanted to really tell you guys about was on um on the weekend uh uh, I work uh, an eight-hour shift and it's usually just me to handle the entire hospital and running uh, surgical instruments that need to be processed and cleaned and returned upstairs and anyway so it gets pretty busy because usually I have a crew of three and it's just um, just me working and so one night I was working and just working my tail end off and I get to uh, uh, I'm, ra- I'm wrapping a, a surgical bed all of a sudden I started hearing sounds from um, one of the rooms attached to our department I'm like well that's weird because you know I'm just I'm by myself I'm the only one working in the department but uh, sometimes we have our environmental services people come in and um, do the trash and uh, things like that. And anyway, uh, so I thought it was one of them. And so I go over into the room, and I uh, I ran into a, a chill that I have never ever felt since then um, or ever before. That literally chilled me to the very core of my body. Even I'd even say down into the marrow of my bones. It was so cold. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, what was that? And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm just imagining things. And so I go back to work, and uh, uh, all of a sudden I hear uh, in the corner of uh, uh, my department uh, what sounded like an old woman screaming, saying, oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, please help me. And I'm like, um, I think it's time for me to leave. So <laughs> I, uh, left the department and went, uh, and did rounds and stuff and, uh, came back down and I continued hearing sounds and, and stuff, but I, I have never, uh, that was one of the scariest experiences that I've, I've ever had working there. Um, we, we've had, uh, other experiences of, um, while I was working too, my co-workers were, uh talking across the room, and they look up, and I, I look at them, and they had this puzzled expression on their faces, and I'm like, well, what are you looking at me weird for? Then I said, and uh, they answered, well, we just saw what looked like a black crow or something literally fly right over your head from one, ro- from one wall across over you, and then through another wall, and... I'm like, yeah, sure you did, um, but uh, later on, I I eventually did see something like that. Um, but uh, that's just a, a few of the stories that I've encountered at um, working in this uh, sterile processing department. Um, and I know hospitals are notoriously haunted, and uh, I have quite a few other stories that not necessarily happened to me, but uh, happened to friends of mine. That, uh, At the same hospital. Um, Anyway, uh, love your show. I have uh, a few other stories that happened to me while I was younger. But um, anyway, uh, thanks again for all you guys do. And I look forward to telling you more of the stories. Have a great day. Talk to you then. Bye bye.
3: Well, thank you for calling in. Okay, Tony, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think any of the equipment or the tools that he's Sterilizing or, or processing could like get energy attached to them because of whatever they just went through.
2: Could they be infested with a ghost?
3: Well, I don't want to say that. Um, but.
2: Well, I suppose if I mean, if he subscribed to the theory that an object can get an entity attached to it, I suppose actually that would probably be uh, a perfect object to go to. Um, you know, if, if it has to have like physical contact with someone as they're passing. Yeah. Um, if that's how that works.
3: Okay. You know,
2: uh, or, you know, in, in that case, I can imagine like old antique medical tools would probably have a lot of ghosts attached with them. Uh, um, yeah, probably. But um, I, I don't know. I, I could see that being possibly the case. I mean, just the environment itself that he was in, though. Yeah. I mean, beyond the tools,
3: you know. It would be very hard to differentiate. Well, it'd be impossible. Source? Yeah. yeah it'd be impossible it just made me wonder if maybe he's gonna have a higher number of things happen because of what he works with so
2: i could see that possibly okay you know it, it's just like it's like antiques you know i think if you've uh, you're surrounded by antiques no matter you know if you're in an old building or a new building you know what are the odds of having a haunting you know is it increase if you're in an older building surrounded by antiques or in a new building surrounded by antiques
3: I think probably an older, older building, building yeah. because you have the history of the building and the and history of every single sure, thing in it.
2: Sure. But you could still have the haunting in the new building. Sure. With the, you could. With the objects. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting story. There you go. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories. Of course, you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Here's a letter. It says, hello, I've been listening to your show for some time now. I've always been drawn to things like this. Listening to your show has brought to my attention uh, some things that happened in my life that maybe more than just my imagination been a series of things in my life that never made much sense to me, but I have started to connect events and notice that I am sensitive and there is something very different about me. This all started with a story my mother told me several times. One night when I was about a year old, a few months after my uncle passed, she said she was lying on the couch and felt a hand on her shoulder. When she looked over it, it was her brother who had passed away. He told her to watch over me, and there was something special about me. For years, I always thought this was referring to my ability to be creative. I have a natural gift for drawing. Well, I'm going to list off some other things that have happened when I think about it, and it makes me wonder if he was talking about something else. The first memory I have was about seven years old. This is one of a hot summer night where me and all my siblings were lying in the same room in front of a huge fan to try and cool off. I woke up and in the hallway was a blonde haired little girl that just stood there smiling. This lasted a few seconds and then she walked out of sight. When I saw her, she looked as surprised as I was that this was happening. The girl didn't make me uncomfortable or scared, and when she walked away, I went out into the hall and no one was there. This was odd for two reasons. Me and all my siblings have dark brown or black hair, and we were just sleeping in the same room that night. The girl never really appeared again, but there were some things that happened to us uh, uh, that none of us could explain. I tried to tell family about the blonde girl, but no one listened or believed me. This was also around the time I started being weird, as my family called it. This was a time when my mind started coming up with all these crazy things that I just had to draw. That's when I really started to hear and see things that no one else did. My dad said it was my overactive imagination, but my mother always seemed interested in what I had to say. Not too long after that came the shadows that I saw and would take form and would seem more surprised than I was to see uh, me calmly looking at them. There were a few times when some of the shadow people took on forms of other things. As time went on, this became less frightening. The more I tried to talk about it, the more I was punished or called a weird name or made fun of by my father. So I started to ignore these things as much as I could and dare not speak about it. These things were hard to block out at first. The random noises and voices at times were the only thing I couldn't seem to stop. There were a few times over the years when I happened to be taken somewhere that a friend or family member would tell me that the place was haunted. The longer we were in places like this with me, the more things, more weird things seemed to happen. Than ever before. When the people I was with could be overcome with fear, I would become relaxed, then energized. This never felt bad to me, like I fed off anything that was around me or happening. This has happened a few times, and of course, as a teen, we occasionally wandered into a cemetery after dark. Once again, When they became frightened, the opposite happened to me. When I tried to block out things that were happening around me, the dreams became more intense, and I started to dream about things good, bad, and weird. I saw what my son looked like when his mother was only two months pregnant. These dreams are not always so easy to understand, but other times uh, things I dream about come back to me in the flash of a mind to warn me or to show me I was warned and didn't act. I also dream the details of the day my mother died a few years before it happened. The more I've tried to be like everybody else, the harder it gets to ignore some of the things I see. The shadow people have always flashed in and out of my sight. I try to convince myself it's my imagination. The older I get, and the more creative I become with my art, the more I seem to tap into these weird things around me. It wasn't something that I noticed much in my early 20s. Uh, The tragic events started to happen in my life. This seemed to trigger me to lose grip and not to notice some of these things. After my ex took my son from me, I started to notice the shadow people again, except this time it started again in the middle of the day. I was at work, and I looked up outside like I normally would. This day was one of those where the stress was worse than normal. Then it happened. Not one, but several complete shadow figures moving about like they were up to something. Then something even stranger than this happened. A few stopped what they were doing and looked at me. This was the first time I noticed eyes on a shadow figure. They looked absolutely shocked and panicked. I turned and walked away, very puzzled by this. That night when I went home, I told a friend of mine, and she looked almost terrified that I'd seen this. Over the years, I see them here and there. Sometimes when I'm working, out shopping, I see them, and they run off and vanish. I've come to embrace this and don't find this frightening. There's one more time that uh, really stands out with these shadow people. That night, my mother died. Me and my brother and my father went back to his house. After getting my father as calm as we could and trying to get him to sleep, we went outside to smoke and try to make sense of the nightmare of a day that we just had. Well, I thought I heard something, and I stood up and turned around just in time to see my father walking from the bathroom back to where he was sleeping, and right behind him was a shadow person, but this was unlike any of the others I'd ever seen. This one was in a very distinct form of my mother. My brother looked at me like I was insane when I asked if he saw what I did. I stayed in the house with my father for a few months after she died. I hear and felt things that I'd know it was uh, not reaching out to me. No one else did, and they swore that uh, it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I know in my heart it was more than that. It became too much, and I moved out. Things calmed for a little for about a year, but lately the shadow people have started again. This time I've been accused of being in places I have never been that either I know or have never been to, or I was asleep at the time, and it would have been impossible for me to be there. This never stood out for me until I heard you talk about people projecting their energy with or without knowing it. I know this may not be your usual ghost story, and it may not be as interesting uh, to others as I have heard. I just want to know what's going on with me. This all cannot be my imagination. Could you point me in the right direction or put me in touch with someone that can help me all make sense of it? Charmin.
3: Okay. Um. There's so many things to address here.
2: <laughs> and uh, go.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, first thing I want to say is you are probably a little bit different. And I mean that in a good way because uh, it sounds like you have the the gift of being able to pick up on things. Um, you know, possibly the the empath thing going on and look into that. But what I would recommend, since you seem to have a lot of premonitions in your dreams, um, when you have a dream that kind of stands out to you, I'd start a journal and it may be a good five years before something you dreamt about comes to fruition. But you maybe should start a journal and then kind of keep an eye on, on what you have dreamt and see how often that plays out. And don't be too specific with it. Kind of just keep general ideas of what happened, you know, um, do that. And when you said you saw the shadow people, um, You said it was, you know, at one point right around when your ex took your son, I'd venture to say that that was not something that made you particularly happy, your son going away. Um, And the the
2: mother dying. And and
3: so when you're feeling not so great, things are not going really good. You're kind of down. That's when you're most vulnerable to seeing these types of darker figures. So just be aware of that. Um, doing whatever you can to kind of keep your mind in the best place possible is going to be probably helpful in combating seeing the shadow people. Um, I'm kind of glad that you're not really scared of them because it sounds like it's kind of something that comes and is pretty frequent to you. Um, so,
2: you know, I, I thought on that. I mean, I, it's, it's good that he's not necessarily, you know, being traumatized or freaked out by them. But I think he should be somewhat cautious about the shadow people that he's seeing around sad events. Because I wouldn't necessarily venture to say that those are necessarily good things.
3: No, no. But I'm glad that he's not freaking out every time he sees them. Because that yeah. can... That's, oh, yeah. Being
2: just a traumatic experience right. every time. Sure.
3: That in itself is more negative energy, which could just propel it into sure. being worse. Sure. So, um, you know, getting to where you're not afraid, that's that's a good first step towards mm-hmm. getting to where you, you aren't seeing them as much. Sure. Because it sounds like the better place you are mentally mm-hmm. and as far as emotions and how things are going, the less you are seeing those types of things. Yeah,
2: and the less susceptible you are to them probably trying to make themselves known to you. Right. You know.
3: That's all I've got. I can't say here's what's going on. Couldn't
2: agree more. Unfortunately, I don't have anyone to forward him on to or suggest you do this or that. Um, I, I, I think the the best thing is on this is to to try and keep your energy as positive as you can, even in you know tough situations. Um, you know, it's not the easiest thing always, but um, trying to stay out of you know a depressive state or anything like that that will probably help to keep these things at bay. Um, and the rest of it, as far as being you know, sensitive, kind of empathic, you're going to have that. I don't think that's a switch you're going to be able to flip.
3: No, and I think you need to learn to embrace that. Yeah,
2: that's just you. Yeah. But uh, you may be able to control more of the shadow uh, the stuff. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi.
0: Hey, guys. It's Dave again from Rockland, California. Hope you guys are doing good and everybody out there listening. Um, I was just given a story today by my mother. She said this just happened on Monday. Um, and, uh, she, she, I was perplexed when she told this to me, because she's never had an experience before. And so it's like, wow, mom, so what's up? Are you a skeptic? And she was like, I don't even know anymore. So anyway, it was late at night. Um, she was doing some stuff on the internet, uh, Facebook or whatnot. And, uh, you know, in the room, her husband, my stepdad, Alan, he was laying there asleep. She could hear him snoring. Well, not snoring, but breathing heavy. She could see his feet from the corner of her her eye. Uh, Anyway, and then she just got really into the, uh, the, the internet, the computer, and then at the corner of her eye, she saw movement, like him walk up, and then just stand there. And like, she dealt with it for a few seconds, and without looking at him, she goes, What are you staring at, silly? And she still saw him in her peripheral. And then when she turned to look, the figure was gone. And she looked over, and he was still asleep in his bed. So uh, that was, it freaked her out. She doesn't know what to think anymore, which I'm glad, actually, she experienced it. Because every time I tell her about, you know, those stories, she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay, honey. Okay. Anyway, so that was really cool. She said that just happened on Monday. So, um, yeah, cool. So that's the story I had to give you. Um, one other thing is I do have a theory that I've had for a while. I'm not a religious man. I'm, I'm a spiritualist. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Um, but um, what my theory is that, you know, energy like we've we've all heard it doesn't just die it doesn't dissipate i mean maybe it dissipates over a long amount of time but that energy has to dissipate into some other form of energy and some other form of energy and it just it just must be an infinite thing um in my opinion but i look at it let's say you have good and you have evil well i look at the 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 energy uh, i look at us as human beings, as animals, as whatever's in the universe, any life, I look at us as collective consciousness, okay, we're, we're all connected in some way, and there's a center of that collective consciousness, where most people would call that God, or whatever, but I believe in the collective consciousness being, having a center of it all. Um, I mean I could shape it, I could picture it like an hourglass, like not filling it with sand, but an hourglass where it's like the, there's there's a the, the positive and then it gets really narrow where there would be the center and then the bottom of the hourglass where would be the negative. Where the consciousness goes, whether it's positive or negative, goes to that. But there's a center of it all, I believe. <laughs> Uh, that's my theory. Um, it's kind of out there, but I mean, isn't all this really out there, but, um, man, it sure is fun talking about this stuff, even though we'll probably never know what it is. It's just a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, I love to- and the community, um, I love to- you guys too. And, um, you know, I'll keep listening and, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye.
2: Thank you for the uh, the call and uh, thank you for sharing your uh, your theory and your thoughts on uh, the the topic at hand. It's always uh, interesting to uh, to hear different takes and we really do appreciate that. 855-853-4802. Let's go to another caller, shall we?
3: Okay, sounds good.
2: All right.
1: Hi, guys. This is Kathy. I live in Florida, and I wanted to tell you a story about something that happened in my parents' home. Now, this is this was not their home for very long. We, my husband and I actually purchased the home I grew up in when my parents moved to this house, and they were elderly. They were a lot older than most people's parents that were my age, and so they were in their 80s. My dad was actually 90 when they moved to this little house um, right by the... Uh, the bay and it had a beautiful yard and they had just added all kinds of stuff and had the kitchen redone and had the windows redone and it was really beautiful how they did it. Well, I remember being in the home one day and I was standing in the den and the den looked over this little um, carport. I saw a man and a boy walk by the window towards the backyard It didn't even even cross my mind to be concerned because they had workers going in and out doing all kinds of different things over the course of being there. And I said, oh, well, hey mom, uh, there's some workers going to the backyard. And I walked to the back door and there wasn't a soul in the backyard, nor was there anyone in the front yard. There wasn't anybody there working that day. So that was just really strange because I saw them. Also in that same home, after my father passed away, my mother lived there and i stayed with her quite a bit well the first three days after my dad passed away i was awake, awoken uh every morning with loud banging i thought i went to the door i thought someone was banging on the front door and again there was nobody there and that happened three days in a row and i've actually read that that was that was one of the signs of the spirit saying that it's okay and it's on its way maybe you could, you know, if you've looked that up or heard of that before, that'd be an interesting topic. But it did happen. definitely happened when my father passed away. And then the final thing in that house, um, after my mother passed away, it was left up to me as an only child to, to clear everything out. And, and uh, you know, I gave gave away some things to some other relatives and and kept some of the things that were precious to me. And the house was for sale. And there was one neighbor across the street that had a key. And, you know, they weren't big-time friends or anything, but I I didn't think they were hoodlums. But one day, a realtor called my realtor and said, hey, you need to get someone over to that house. Someone has broken in and vandalized it. And my realtor called me and said, you've got to get over there. Well, sure enough, when I got there, I didn't see anywhere that anyone had broken in. I had to use the key to get in. But there were some magazines that I had left in the closet, on the top shelf of a closet. You know, inconspicuous, in just old magazines one like that I had. They were strewn to and fro all over the living room. Right, I mean, how, why, right? Okay, and this is a little bit disgusting, but true. There were human, There was human waste in the commode. Nobody had broken in. We called the police. There was no sign of anyone having broken in. They they went across the street and asked the neighbors. Then this elderly couple, I kind of have a hard time believing they thought that would be funny, but what, I, what was that about? Again, with the bathroom hauntings, but who, right? And I had no idea what happened, but after the other things that had happened in that house, I, I guess I wasn't really surprised. Just a little shocked at the, the choice of hauntings. Okay, thanks guys, I appreciate your show a lot I listen
3: all the time Take care, bye Thanks, Kathy Okay, Tony, have you ever heard of ghost pooping before?
2: Uh, no, but typically when you have feces or things of that nature Showing up uh, in haunted situations It's not necessarily a good ghost
3: Okay Well, it doesn't sound like a good ghost I was just curious
2: No, I've, I've heard of uh, that stuff appearing in like essentially demonic type situations Oh, okay. Um, Usually it gets a lot more intense than what she described, but that's typically where you have things like that that are just vile that are showing up. It's usually nothing that good. Okay. Um, But, uh, you know, I suppose you could really also have a real, uh, as some call it, ass soul ghost. Uh, That's just a bitter uh, old ghost person doing that, but that's not usually what... uh, what what's the nature or what that stems out of okay so your thoughts
3: you know I have a hard time believing the elderly couple across the street would have come over and done something like that <laughs> unless they're just really it's like unless it was bad grandpa you yeah. know
2: and uh, I'm gonna probably have to guess it's not bad grandpa no. across the street no
3: I think there's something going on there
2: uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. A Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story. We would love to hear it. Let's go to another letter that was written to us on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com Hey guys, I listen to your podcast at work. I input data into systems all day, so the entertainment is always appreciated. The story is from when I was very young, and it's a shared experience between my mom and I. I live in the uh, Maritimes in Canada near Halifax. As a side note, there's an excellent Titanic museum here full of artifacts I think you'd love if you're ever up here.
3: Been there, done that. It was awesome. It
2: was actually on our honeymoon.
3: That was what we chose to do on our honeymoon. (laughs) It
2: is a great museum. It's part of the Grand Staircase in there, too, and the deck chair. Yes. And uh, I didn't know any part of the Grand Staircase even survived until we were in there like, oh, my God. Yeah. But it's like one of the back wall uh, pieces. It is. That floated up and somebody got it, and it's just amazing to see that. Um, Anyway, continuing on here, I was around nine or ten And at the time, my family had one of those large blue pools that had uh, an inflated ring at the top to keep it up. Uh, But it's seasonal, so you have to give it a good cleaning and pack it in before the winter comes. One day in late August, my mom and I were doing just that. We had to spread it out uh, on the hill to scrub it down, let it dry. The process took an hour or so, during which I remember very clearly my nearest neighbor was driving around in his tractor in the field next door. We live in the middle of the country between two farms, and this neighbor was quite old. He had been in a senior's home for years, but... As a former farmer, when he felt good, it wasn't unusual for him to come home for the weekend to his elderly wife and occasionally take a scenic drive around his property down to the pasture and river and such. He was driving along the outer perimeter of his land, and my mom and I watched him as he waved back. I remember he was wearing all white from his straw hat to his shoes, and the image is very clear in my mind because of how the sun bounced off of him uh, like it does off snow on a summer-winter day. It was him. It just seemed normal. He just smiled, waited, drove on. We came to find the next day that he had died quite early in the morning of the day we saw him, and uh, he had not been in a state to leave the seniors' home for weeks. On top of that, my mom is absolute believer, uh, as I am, because uh, it seemed so normal and, in retrospect, peaceful, I think he just wanted to see the property he spent a lifetime caring for one last time, maybe. I got nothing but kind vibes off of him at the time, and my my land and the new owners of his land have never noticed anything in the decades since. Really glad to be able to share. Thank you for reading, Allie.
3: That was a good
2: story. I could see that. If you really, you know, you cared about the property, it was something that was a big part of your life, and you just, you know, it's... It's like a kid almost, you know, if, if you become that attached to something and you put all that effort into it, yeah, you'd probably want to go see it. Yeah. It's like a family member.
3: Yeah, I could see that.
2: So that makes total sense. That's really interesting. He was wearing all white. I She didn't mention if, if white was a color that he wore in life. I'm going to guess as a farmer, probably not. Probably not a normal attire for him to be out there, which makes it all the more interesting.
3: Yeah, but she didn't say it was something unusual for him either.
2: Sure, yeah. Interesting. Thank you for running in. Thank you for the call. Really do appreciate that. 855 853 4802 is our phone number. If you'd like to call in and share your real ghost story with us, let's go to another caller. Hi.
5: Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Amanda from Upstate again. Um, so I know most of my stories have been about my mother's house, but I'm at my house and something just happened. <laughs> um,. It was so weird, so weird. I mean, curse, just because I'm, I'm freaked out. Um, my house that I'm in now, I, like I said before, I've always experienced things, blah, 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 whatever. Um, the house that I'm in now, um, I didn't really feel too much when I first moved in. And then after we brought home a mirror, I know, after I brought a little mirror from an uh, in-laws house after a family member passed away, that's when things started getting weird. Um, oh my god, is so We brought home the mirror, um, a bunch of things, uh, from World War II, uh, that had been overseas with family, um, a bunch of old woodworking tools, all those things. Personally, I didn't want them. I understand the wallpaper 2 stuff. That's fine. The mirror, I didn't want. Well, woodworking tools, I didn't want because I knew there had been whatever. Um, but um, it's not nighttime. It's morning, and not dark at all. And I was just in the bathroom getting ready, and I was in the shower. And the dog likes to follow me in there, so he was in there with me too. And as I'm in the shower, the bathroom door started banging. Um, now, the thing about that is I called the other day and I had mentioned what had happened at my mom's house with the bang. I hadn't had that happen in a very long time. So for that to happen um, out of nowhere after telling you that the other day, really freaked me out. And I'm sorry, if you heard that noise, It was just, in my foot tripping up my charger cord. Um, but I am really freaked out because the banging was so, so, so loud. And I poked my head out, I opened the dog's tail, the dog passed out on the floor. So I have no idea what that was. I have no clue. But I am so freaked out right now. I always, like I said, ever since I got this mirror, it, it always feels like somebody's watching me. Um, I'm in the kitchen doing something, and it'll feel like there's somebody by the couch, which is where the mirror is, staring. And it just creeps me out so bad, and it scares the loving shit out of me. So for this to happen just now, really, 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 really freaked me out. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry if I'm jumbled right now. <laughs> But Tony, like I said before, I know you wanted to call when things are happening. But <laughs> that's is as close as you're getting. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I am freestyle right now. But yeah, I w- I'll call back again with more stories. But I just had the call because this just happened, and I'm scared shitless right now because that hasn't happened in this house yet. So I am. Free- all right, have a good day. I will be a little terrified for
2: today. <laughs> Bye. So is she attributing that to the, the mirror, the World War II objects? Um, What's it being attributed to?
3: It sounds like she attributes it to the mirror.
2: Okay. Why the mirror?
3: Well, because she feels like when she's near the mirror, like she feels like somebody's watching her.
2: Okay, because the mirror's in the bathroom. No, right. The
3: mirror's by the couch.
2: Mirror's by the couch.
3: Yeah, I but, don't. But she
2: was in the bathroom when this was happening.
3: Yeah, but she said since they, they brought these things in, okay. is when this happened. As much as I don't like antique mirrors, I'm not completely sold that it's the mirror.
2: I think it's it's really hard to narrow it down to the mirror. At it this is point.
3: because there's a, a a few questionable things. Okay. Okay, so there was the mirror, obviously old mirrors and energy. There was the World War II artifacts that were actually from over there that belonged to the family member, which I'm sure could have a whole slew of things attached to them um, as far as energy or, or even spirits. And then the woodworking tools, depending on how much that loved one did the woodworking, you know that might even have something attached to it, too. If it was something they dearly loved and used all the time and was very special to them, you know, just that emotion can attach energy to that. It doesn't sound like it's a good thing if it's banging on doors. So I don't know. My gut's telling me it's got something to do with the World War II stuff.
2: I could... That's kind of where my mind was going, but I have no real reason for it other than... Yeah. There's probably a lot of tragedy surrounding it.
3: Yeah. I um, I don't have any reason other than that's just what yeah. my gut's saying.
2: Huh. Keep us posted and let us know what uh, what progresses in that situation. We appreciate your call. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories online with your Real Ghost Stories as they happen or uh, or just, you know, if it happened to you when you were two, whatever. <laughs> uh this one says hi guys i have a real ghost story for you having a, a no explanation for this story that makes any logical sense but it happened almost as if it was uh not an extraordinary extraordinary occurrence at all in fact when i sit down and listen to your show i almost forget this experience happened at all and when you ask people to provide stories i often think nah i have nothing good to share so my apolog- i, I po- apologize i apologize i apologize For getting this to you so late, for about nine months, I worked for a company in Central Florida called American Ghost Adventures. Being a psychic and sensitive myself, I was very excited to find out this group was hiring to add someone to their team. As paranormal investigators, the team collects evidence of paranormal phenomena in addition to hosting ghost tours around the city, and I was very excited to take a sort of scientific approach to the experiences I have... uh, 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 Contracted uh, Contracted That's probably how it's supposed to be said there My entire life And to uh, validate something That I already initially felt exists As a guide for my company I would host nightly ghost tours For guests from all over the world During the tour our guests would get to experience A ghost hunt for themselves as well Usually a first for a majority of people Who come on the tour That's uh, such a great uh, reputation with this group that they're actually uh, on TripAdvisor. The bread and butter of this group was the Ghost Tours, but occasionally we were also hired to conduct private investigators. And this was a small mom-and-pop operation, and those who routinely watch ghost shows recognize much of the equipment that this company uses uh, and investigates with. Uh, including K2 meters, map light flashlights, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, If any spirits want to join us, of multiple ways of getting in touch for sure now the story I'm about to tell you occurred in my very first private investigation with this group I should mention that uh, as a general rule my boss did not like us knowing any history or background about where we were to investigate instead uh, we were to get first impressions of the place and uh, relay any thoughts and feelings to one person on the team who would then compile this information and Uh, to see if anyone uh, was uh, correct to the actual history. This removes any bias uh, and has us walking into a space all on the same playing field. As it was midwinter in Florida, we were invited to investigate an old restaurant on the outskirts of the city named Farmland. The converted restaurant and bar had once been a two-story farmhouse, and the new owner was experiencing some very strange occurrences and happenings and invited the group to investigate after hours. As night dwindled, or dawned rather, we uh, set up all of our equipment and split up into teams of four. One to investigate upstairs and the other team would concentrate on the happenings uh, in the other part of the building and switch mid-investigation. I was placed on a team uh, relegated to the upstairs first. We set up in the front room of the upstairs, which may have served as a bedroom with a private bath. But now as we set up an office, we went about setting our equipment around the room and my boss explained how everything worked. If any spirits wish to communicate with us, they could do one of three things. They could walk by a K2 meter, make the colors light up, or they could turn on a flashlight by completing the battery circuit and placing their energetic hand over it to make it light up, or they could talk into one of the EVP recorders and we could hear what they wanted to say. The room went silent for a while until the flashlight started to go on in the small bathroom on the side. We began asking the spirits questions and found that There were small children who wanted to play. There was nothing creepy or out of the ordinary here for this team, really. Children really liked to communicate with us. But as soon as they grew bored with our game, as children often do, we announced that we were moving into the back room and they could follow us if they wished. We moved into the back room, which personally felt a a, a light darker uh, energy than the front of the room. Off this back room, which was most likely the original room, stand four other rooms in each corner. If facing the front of the house, the rooms upstairs would lay out like this, a small storage closet at the front right corner, the remains of a small kitchen at the front left corner, and a long dark hallway at the back right corner of the room, which was particularly creepy, and a smaller room, which perhaps was a bedroom to the back left corner. Prior to the investigation, when I stepped into that left hand corner back room, I got an overwhelming smell of fecal matter. And when I relayed this information to the owner, he confirmed this, and it was indeed common through there and had never been a bathroom up there for this, uh, within his knowledge either. The center living room, being large, held what I thought to be the remains of a dance floor and many, many chairs stacked up against the wall. Only one chair remained unstacked, and I quickly grabbed a seat there. Two of my group mates sat on the floor beside me and on my right and six feet in front of me, near the center, where the storage closet met the wall. We quickly set up our equipment, continued our investigation. Soon, in addition to the children who followed us, we made contact with another spirit, a young man. He appeared to be, in my mind's eye, to be in his early 20s at age, strapping strong and affiliated somehow with an old military. He also appeared to have a high interest in me, personally, a romantic interest. Now, I have no proof of this. There were only feelings and pictures I was receiving as a psychic, but I wasn't uh, long before I felt something poke me in the back, not once but twice. Finally, I said, something is poking me. I'm going to set my flashlight down here and the chair and move. And so I did just that and set my flashlight down to the chair, got up uh, to stop it rolling and moved towards my colleague who was standing in front of me about six feet away. This is where it gets a little freaky. Not even two minutes after I moved the flashlight, flies off the chair, travels about five feet away towards me, uh, drawing an arch uh, across the room like someone had tossed it. I think everyone screamed. Once we calmed down, we continued asking questions, but try as we might, we could not replicate this occurrence, nor do we have any explanation of it. Now, as a story that is all well and good, but what uh, I told you, uh, but what if I told you we managed to capture this occurrence on tape? If you email me, uh, I can send you uh, the raw video for you to view and share, since I notice there's no way to attach to this page. If you recall, we had set up uh, the four night vision cameras. And one of them was able to catch this incredible interaction. In the video, you'll see me stand up, put the flashlight down to the chair, and then it flies across the room. Okay, I will email and get that video. Just keep in mind the video has sound, but I'd like and uh, love to hear your thoughts on this situation.
3: Well, it sounds like a haunting to me. Just saying.
2: You think there's a ghost in there? I really wasn't quite getting ghosts. I was thinking more, hmm, I don't know, stray animals?
3: no I'm kidding Okay, grief
2: uh, yeah I would love to uh, to get that uh, and in fact if, uh, if you don't hear from me first you can uh, email if you're listening to the show just to email that uh, direct to me Tony T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com and we can also share that story it's always interesting when you get those videos because there, any video like that you're going to find a way to debunk it but you just got to kind of take it at what it's worth well, sure, and and that's what we do uh, on this show. Um, so I would love to hear it, and I'm not going to sit there and go, "Well, you could have taken a string or this or that," because anybody could debunk any sort of video. You know, there's any many ways to do things like that, but I would love to see it and put it up for the uh, the listeners to see as well.
3: Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, so please, uh, please do send that in to us. We'd love to uh, to see that. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call. And let's do one more call before we wrap up the show for today. <laughs>
6: Hey, guys, my name's Sean, and I just found your uh, your website and your podcast this week. And uh, I think you guys did an excellent job. For somebody who spent 10 years in broadcasting uh, on the radio, really, really enjoy it. they got uh, got so many stories uh, I could tell. Uh, one, when I was very young, uh, growing up in a house in New Orleans, uh, one in college, but really nothing has happened paranormal-wise for me in the last 15 Uh, years or so but the one that really stands out involves uh, when I was about 15 years old uh, my grandfather who I was very close with was living with us uh, at the time when he he passed away in September uh, I believe it was 1997. Uh, A couple weeks after my grandfather died uh, my mother and I went to go pick up dinner at a local fast food chicken place And uh, when we were at the drive-thru, we pulled up to the drive-thru window, and an an older gentleman, a little older than you usually see working at a fast food place, probably in his 60s or 70s, told us, hey, don't forget your onion rings. Well, that might sound like a big deal to some people, but that was pretty significant to us because my parents never bought onion rings. And onion rings was something my grandfather would just get for me. When we went to this particular place, it was kind of, kind of our thing. Uh, so we thought that was kind of strange that this old man said, Hey, don't forget your onion rings and didn't charge us for it. Well, mother and I got to thinking about it. We went back the next day or a few days later to thank the guy. We asked the manager and they said that nobody there fit that description, which we thought was God. We know that happened, but you know, that's just strange thing that happened. And Again, really didn't bring up it again after that, but uh, again, that was in September of that year. Uh, In December of that year, my family and I were sitting in our den watching TV, and of course, Christmas, holidays, uh, an ornament flew across the room. Didn't just fall, it flew. Again, kind of chalked it up to that was strange, but didn't really pay much attention to it. Uh, two days after Christmas, my grandfather's room was turned into a playroom, entertainment room for the kids. Uh, we had one of the new video game systems. I don't remember what it was at the time, but it was the newest one we got for Christmas. Uh, my brother and cousin had slept in the room the night before. And when we woke up the next day, they said, Sean, you got to come here. You got to check out what's happening. So they had the video game system and they were saying, "Grand," which is what we call my grandfather, if you're here change the channel. Well, they did and the channels on the TV would change. I saw the remote in my brother's lap. I said, you guys are doing it. Well, they handed it to me and the same thing happened. Well, this happened for a few minutes. We called my parents in there and we said, you know, Grant, if you're here, change the channel and nothing happened. So they thought, of course, bunch of kids, we made this up. About an hour later, my parents were in the den and all of a sudden the channels started changing on the TV in our den. Well, you know, we went in there and we was like, this is extremely strange. What's going on. What made it even stranger was it's one of those things where everybody knows you have a, you can have a TV for your remote, but also a TV for your, your cable or satellite dish. Well, we had one for the cable box, but we didn't have one for the TV, but the TV channels were changing. Well they kept changing, kept changing. I Remember the NFL playoff game was on, so my dad was rather upset, as was I, that the game kept changing. Well what really got our attention was you can only plug in two numbers to that T V and we had sixty six came up, then six right after that. Incredibly strange. Uh, we were all kind of creeped out by that. My dad's brother came over, a very, very, very religious guy came over, started, started praying, had his Bibles even speaking in tongues, and really nothing happened after that. To add to that story, the remote to the TV, we found out again, you couldn't change the channels on the TV unless you went up and did it. It was changing by itself. The remote for that TV was across town in storage and one of my grandfather's sweaters. Again, incredibly strange, and I, I'm not saying my, my grandfather, you know, I'm pretty sure he was a very religious man. I'm, I'm sure he went to the right place, but somebody was messing with this. Incredibly strange that that happened. Uh, my mom, I've never felt anything in that house, but my mom says she feels my grandfather's presence from time to time. My sister, a little sister, she said growing up, I was, I'm was i a little bit older than them, she said that she'd feel his presence from time to time. if she My mom, she feels... Um, some discomfort is sad and now she'll feel a hand on her shoulder so uh, you know you've seen the good you've seen the bad either way it's been a strange story that we've shared I guess now the last 15 or 16 years with my family Uh, I've got some more from when I was in college going to a haunted house Uh, another one when I was growing up uh, in New Orleans as a young child share one day but again I appreciate your show thanks
2: Thank you for calling and sharing your story. We'd love to hear your other stories as well. Here's my take on it. Um, I think it's two different things. I I really do. I mean, I I think because it was really nice. I'm getting like the warm, fuzzy vibes of grandpa giving him onion rings at the chicken place. And being a ghost drive through employee. I
3: don't, th- I don't think they think it was Grandpa that was the ghost at the chicken place.
2: But they said there was no employee there that even looked like that.
3: Right, but they would have recognized their grandfather if it had been...
2: <laughs> sure, but I wonder what that was then.
3: Just a ghost of a former employee or something like that, or Colonel Sanders.
2: <laughs> you just say that so... <laughs> <laughs> it was Colonel Sanders, Tony. How did you not think of that? Um... I don't know I mean you're right they probably would have recognized the grandpa but I I almost think that you know it took a form something that would remind them of their grandpa though maybe it's not their grandpa but it's in relation to the grandpa somehow okay so whether it's the grandpa or not I think it's somehow related to make them think of their grandpa okay or or their grandpa has something to do with it sure um so that's nice and warm it's fairly you know you know non-invasive it's it's nice um and if, if the family already kind of has a mindset going on of, oh, we feel like Grandpa's around us from time to time, that's where other times darker things can come into the picture and essentially kind of play on that and confuse you thinking, oh, yeah, they think it's Grandpa. And get into the mix. I think there's two different things going on here. I think there's... There, maybe it's a ghost of Grandpa or something to do with Grandpa that's somewhat positive that's going on. And something else is trying to weave its way in. Especially when it's being communicated with... Him. Grandpa, if you're here, turn the channel. I don't know that Grandpa's turning the channel. Especially going to the 666. That's a little weird.
3: Yeah, it is a little weird.
2: That's where I think there might be something else going on. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I know. I completely agree. Okay. I, I don't think... The drive-through ghost was a bad thing, but I was alarmed when they started talking to it cuz that's that's not something you want to do. Even if you think it is grandpa, you don't want to start doing that. You
2: don't really ever know exactly what it is. Right. I mean, it's a the it's a subject's all relative, but again, you don't know what you're summoning into your house. It may not necessarily be grandpa. Right but uh, but thank you for the call and the story really do appreciate that phone number is 855-853-4802 to call in and share your real ghost story if you're not an EPP yet please become one we'd love you to be one give you a bonus episode every single month every single week rather um, it's uh, 52 extra episodes a year You get that uh, along with a whole bunch of other great uh, free extras that we're uh, putting out there to our EPPs as a thank you for helping support our show. And you get that satisfaction as well as knowing that you are one of those driving forces behind keeping Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. So please check that on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. So for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.